A reading from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we need not fear, though the earth should shake, though the cliffs break off and fall into the heart of the sea, though waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of this city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. Our country may be in an uproar. The nations may totter. Yet the voice of the Almighty is heard and slowly breaks through hearts of stone. The Beloved is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of God, how love does reign even in humanity's desolation. God makes war cease to the ends of the earth, breaking the bow and shattering the spear, burning chariots and war machines with holy fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among nations. I am exalted in the earth. The beloved is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is one of our sacred poems. Thanks be to God. I'm recording this on the Friday afternoon before the storm comes through, so I don't know how things have gone or in what state this reflection is coming to you. With any luck, the storm passed with no major damage. Maybe even you have power back by now. Maybe not. There's no way for me to know, which makes this a difficult sermon to write. And we'll see how it goes. When we made the decision to postpone the Strickland Lectures, a decision that we weren't really able to make until Thursday night, it left us with a bit of a void. What would we do for Sunday? What texts might people need to hear? On a call with D.H., I joked, are there any Bible verses about hurricanes? And in response, D.H. started reciting Psalm 46, almost like it was a reflex, like it was a memory verse. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in times of trouble. Though the earth should shake and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, we need not fear. For God, the God of Jacob, is our refuge. It's poetry lodged in our unconscious mind to orient us in just such a moment. For we are all familiar with that moment when our earth begins to rock and reel, and that of which we were sure begins to fall and break off and disappear from sight. Our country may be in an uproar, the psalmist writes. The nations may totter. Yet the voice of the Almighty is heard, slowly breaking through hearts of stone. Even if this hurricane proves to be nothing, though I know that's an unlikely and optimistic scenario. These words still resonate deeply, for our nation does indeed seem to be tottering. So into this fear and this uncertainty, this shaking of the foundation, sings the paradoxically discordant harmony of Psalm 46. 
Now, I have heard and, in fact, preached enough bad sermons to know what this psalm is not. So let me say that God is our refuge is not a weapon to use against others when we don't want to feel our own discomfort. This psalm is not to be thrown at suffering people along with a myriad of bad advice like, God's got it all under control, don't be afraid. God will take care of you. Or my favorite, God won't give you more than you can handle. Such weapons are wielded by those too afraid of their own pain to tolerate it in others. They are the words of one who wants to avoid suffering, not heal it. And such peace is fragile. And if any of these words have ever been leveled at you at a funeral or upon the death of your marriage, after your earth has shaken and your mountains have fallen into the sea, then you know that they are at their best a band-aid and at their worst a re-traumatizing and isolating rejection of you and your experience, a denial of your pain. And that is not what Psalm 46 is about. In reality, our suffering, our pain, our sadness, our grief, our worry, these are not feelings that can be avoided. But neither are they sensations meant to hold us hostage. They are no more or less than messengers tapping us on the shoulder with an important message. They let us know that something is not right, whether it's in the world or in our heads. Something's not working. And rather than ignore them or overly attach to them, it's our work to notice them, to listen to them, to understand them, so that they can then go on their way. So to use a phrase like, God is our refuge, or God will protect us as an excuse not to listen to those feelings is a disservice to yourself and it's a dishonor to God. Now is not the time to deny grief or the time to deny fear. Now is the time to listen deeply to them, to understand their message, which is usually this, go deeper. And I think that has much more to say about what this psalm is actually about. Let me ask you, Northminster, where is our refuge and our strength? What is our help in times of trouble? If we're honest, wouldn't we say that it's money, it's safe homes, it's in social standing, a functioning government, and access to reliable utilities and resources? On a good day, if we're honest, these things are our refuges and our sources of strength. But the psalmist knows what we seem to forget, what we seem to remember only after a disaster, and that is that those things are, without exception, temporary. It's what Israel, a nation often on the losing and oppressed side of history, saw in a way that we, with our hedge of privilege, cannot see. It's the reason that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for us to enter the kingdom of God. 
Because the truth is, despite all appearances, despite the stories that we want to tell ourselves about permanence and safety, we are one bad day away from the truth that we want to avoid. Money dries up. Homes are crushed under trees. We fall from social grace. Our government is more fragile than we'll admit, and our utilities are one strong gust of wind away from being lost. And when those things are gone, when our foundations shake and our cliffs fall into the heart of the sea, then the question we have to ask is, what remains? The psalmist, it seems, has been there, like so many other spiritual masters, and they assure us that the answer is not nothing. The answer, it seems, is God. Though what we call God, they can't really explain, and neither can I. In the end, I'm afraid that's up to you to discover. You have got to find what remains for you after everything else is stripped away. What is God for you? Maybe it's the community that surrounds you, the people in whose lives you've invested. Maybe it's their grace and their love. Maybe that's God. That's your refuge. Maybe it's the stories that you choose to tell, the meaning and the redemption that they lend you, even in suffering. But then again, maybe these things too are stripped away and your feelings bid you to go deeper still. Maybe God is pure presence, liberation from future and past. Maybe God is the peace beyond understanding that we're told awaits us after we realize our own impermanence. The peace that awaits us after we give up on judgment and discrimination and we've learned to just accept what is. I can't speak for you, and I can't tell you what God is for you, but whatever you find when all else is stripped away, whenever you've removed layer upon layer and arrived finally at a rocky foundation, whether you chose to remove those layers or they were taken from you, whatever foundation at which you arrive, that is your refuge and your strength. That is your resurrection. That is your present help in times of trouble. It's the immovable ground of being upon which you stand when the whole earth shakes. It's the reason you need not fear. It is that which cannot be taken away, and it flows under all things, even this city, even now, like a river whose streams can make us glad. It is the constant when nations totter. It is that which makes wars cease, breaks bows, and shatters spears like twigs. It is that which can only be found when we muster the courage to stop running, to stop looking away, and as the psalmist says, to be still and know. That is God. And that is with you, in you, even now whether you can see it or not. Father Richard Rohr teaches this stripping away with the language of this very psalm. 
Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Northminster, may we take refuge and find strength in what truly is God. In times like this and in the days to come, because we will certainly need it. Amen. Thank you.